This version of the Room Now podcast is dedicated to highlights from ULAR 2022. Herein, you will hear reports and perspectives from the Room Now faculty and key opinion leaders in rheumatology. Enjoy. I'm Anthony Chan. I'm consultant rheumatologist from the United Kingdom, reporting for Room Now here in ULAR 2022 in Copenhagen. There has been a lot of interest in the field of telemedicine here at ULAR 2022. Uh, we've had discussions, uh, plenaries, and also debates on whether telemedicine is here to stay or whether this is something that was just being done during the COVID-19 pandemic and what will be the long-term outcome and use of telemedicine in our clinical practice. Uh, but I wanted to highlight some important abstracts uh, that focuses more on patient engagement. What are the patient factors that allow patients to engage in telemedicine or e-health in terms of data collection, in terms of participation, in terms of completing outcome measures. Because this is important, we have to have both clinicians and patients both agreeing that this is the way forward in order for telemedicine or e-health initiatives, digital health initiatives to be effective. The first uh, study that I wanted to highlight uh, is the oral presentation OP301 which was a systematic literature review looking at e-health. So they looked at remote monitoring, uh, e-diaries, and a whole host of other uh, digital health uh, initiatives to improve patient care. And what they were trying to study was to see which patient group had the highest participation in terms of e-health uh, initiatives. So it turned out that the osteoarthritis group was the highest, somewhere about 80%, followed by gout, uh, patients, then rheumatoid arthritis, and then spondyloarthritis. So is this a disease-specific phenotype that these patients may therefore engage in e-health technologies? On further analysis, it appeared that the when these studies were carried out, the longer the study duration, the lower the participation. It might be that if studies are uh, drawn out for a long time, there might be a drop-off in the participation. So the osteoarthritis studies uh, tended to be shorter, uh, then the rheumatoid arthritis study and the authors conclude that this might be an important factor as to why the osteoarthritis engagement was higher than the rheumatoid arthritis ones. They also looked at um, other factors uh, such as age and again uh, these were also considerations in terms of how the patients engage with the e-health technologies. The next was a poster uh, O. 0381 by Sappen and colleagues. And this is an interesting study. And this time they looked at rheumatoid arthritis. They looked at the collection of electronic patient record uh, outcome measures or EPROMs, and they used the rapid tree and also the PASS outcome measure. In addition to sending out uh, electronic uh, patient reported outcome measures, they also contacted the patient to ask them whether they had a flare up in between clinic visits. And what they found was when patients completed their rapid tree score or the pass and the scores were low, and they did not report any flare-ups uh, during the interval in between clinic appointments, this correlated very well uh, with uh, the ability to manage these patients without the need to escalate either steroids or disease-modifying drugs at the subsequent clinic visit. This led them to conclude that if there is enough um, evidence that these uh, measures work, such as a low patient reported outcome score, like the rapid tree or the PASS score, and the absence of any flare, they may be given the opportunity to skip one clinic appointment as this uh, would save them appointment 
since there was no indication to escalate their treatment at the subsequent visit. So I think this is important. This is a novel way. And certainly we are also doing similar work to try to manage our capacity better by using electronic patient reported outcomes. The next study was uh, from the home team. So this was from the uh, Danish group. Uh, this is poster 0373 uh, from the group in Copenhagen where they used the Dan Bio Registry. Glyn Bock and colleagues reported this one where they use uh, patient reported outcome measures and they asked patients to complete these scores online. And what they found is that there was a variation in terms of participation or engagement. The highest group that participated were those between the ages of 40 to 80, uh, those who were on biologic treatments, and those who had a lower uh, HEC score or function, uh, they had improved clinical function. They did not find any uh, differences in terms of the diagnosis or the disease duration. What they did find is that in the younger age group, certainly those below the age of 40, if you send them clinical reminders, then the engagement increased significantly. So using uh, techniques such as uh, text messaging, uh, reminders, uh, electronic reminders can improve the outcome in the younger group. In the older group above the age of 80, they felt that these were possibly due to technical skills or technical challenges, and also whether they had the facilities to, to engage using the electronic form. So I think there's a lot of work here, uh, here at EULA 2022 in the whole topic of telemedicine, but I just wanted to focus on the other aspect about patient engagement and trying to ensure that we also uh, understand uh, what's it uh, looking like from the patients and how we can uh, leverage to try to increase uh, en engagement with our patients with using such digital health technologies. So I'm Anthony Chan uh, reporting uh, from uh, EULA 2022. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the the um, the abstracts. Thank you. Hi, I'm David Liu, reporting for Room now from Copenhagen, ULR 2022. Another big Friday here uh, at ULR. Uh, Lose track of the time, but uh, certainly there's a lot going on. It's been a really great meeting. I think one thing which really was a highlight for me today was actually one of the debates that were happened uh, today, uh, structured slightly comedic debate um, between uh, Christine Diaco and uh, Robert Landaway uh, on the subject of telemedicine. Uh, that's a subject that I think unless you've uh, gone on holiday for the last two and a half years, you would have uh, lived uh, your lived experience every day probably sticks with you. And as we move out of this pandemic, we've got to try and figure out how we can do this better. We're no longer at the point where we're just trying to patch it through. We're actually trying to figure out what this means for our long-term future. And so that was the basis of this debate here. Um, Christian Diaco was on the side, uh, was uh, allocated a side that telemedicine is going to fix everything. Robert Landaway was on the on the side that telemedicine is going to ruin everything. And uh, with some uh, robust humour between the two, I think we worked through some of the issues. And Christian made some pretty important points about the efficiencies that plausibly could occur from telemedicine, enabling us to be able to service our patients better at a time when we're under greater and greater strain in terms of our capacity to serve the needs that we need to, to be able to follow up patients uh, readily, to make diagnoses earlier, and to actually make the system better in, from that point of view. And that telemedicine might actually be what facilitates that. On the other hand, uh, Robert Landaway made the very strong points about the fact that empathy and the processes around it are just so, so critical to the way that we interact with our patients 
and more importantly, about our patients' outcomes, their happiness, and what actually happens in terms of, those, of, of what they experience about their disease. That empathy is such a big part of what we do, more than just drugs, empathy. And in fact, it's a lot easier to deliver that and all the components of it in person. Now, of course, these are two um, deliberately extreme uh, sides of things. And the truth, of course, in reality, it lies in between. What I think both speakers agreed on in the discussion, they made it clear that despite the banter, they are definitely forever friends, is the idea that we need to try and find a way to harness telemedicine to places where we can use it uh, and, and we'll get all the benefits of the flexibility for the patient and for the clinician, all the benefits that we can potentially get in terms of being able to facilitate, facilitate better care at the same time, not compromise the empathy and the in-person clinical care that we have held on to for centuries and which make our specialty really quite special. For plenty more about uh, telemedicine, all the things going on in uh, rheumatology and at your 2022, head on down to the room now.